always adopt always 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 don't go to a pet store and buy into that 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 just don't just don't go to a pet store and buy a rabbit unless it's you know with a, with a rescue like they do with dogs and cats at, at some pet stores this is defender radio Michael Howie, and this is Defender Radio, the podcast for wildlife advocates and animal lovers, brought to you by the Fur Bears. It's the Easter long weekend, and you know what that means. Bunnies, chicks, and other little critters are being discussed, if not already bought, as presents. But as many of you know, little animals aren't just gifts. They're sentient beings who are a lifetime commitment, who require love, patience, veterinary care, and so many other things. Now, a while back, I spoke with my friend Lisa Wynn from the Ladybird Animal Sanctuary here in the Hamilton area about the subject of bunnies, and not just why they shouldn't be bought and sold as gifts, but what it means to accept a rabbit into your home and family. It was a great interview, albeit my channel sounds a little bit echoey compared to my current setup. But rather than try and remake something special that we'd already achieved, it made sense to me to share that original interview again. Now, before we dive into that, I want to let you know that the Patreon is growing. And that's good, because there's a new, exciting Defender Radio project coming. I'll be sharing more about that in May and with patrons probably closer to the end of the month. If you want to support the show and any upcoming projects, head to patreon.com slash Defender Radio to sign up now and help us grow. You can also check out Defender Radio on Spotify, iTunes, even Facebook, or anywhere else you listen to leave a rating and review. It's another great way to help the show grow, and I'd love to start featuring some new reviews right here on episodes. If you need any links or have any questions, just check out the show notes for this episode or visit thefurbears.com. And now, here's past me talking to past Lisa about the future of having a bunny in your home. I think a fun place to start is how Ladybird Animal Sanctuary came to be. That's that's how you and I actually met. And I looked up the original article. It was six years ago. Wow. At the newspaper I used to work at. Yeah, when the three of you were having the uh, fundraiser at um, one of the uh, the concert halls here in Hamilton. Uh, so what's uh, can you give us the story about how this this little animal sanctuary kind of popped up and has been doing some pretty awesome work for the last several years? Um. Uh, Melissa, Janine, and I uh, are all musicians, and we met through music. I met Melissa when she was about 16 uh, at an open mic night in Hamilton, <clears throat> and I met Janine through Melissa a few, probably a couple years later. Um, we were in a, a group called Ladybird, the Ladybird Sideshow. We decided to be in a group together and sing together, and there was another member of the group whose name is Aaron Smith. <laughs> Um, we put out a live record and shortly after, uh, we did a little bit of touring. We put out a live record and shortly after Erin moved to Maui and she's still living there. It's a tough uh, break moving from Hamilton, Ontario to Hawaii. Yeah. She moved from Toronto to really? Hawaii. So even worse. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So she's got a musical career there now. And the three of us, we continued to play, uh, shows a little bit here and there. And then. Melissa's career kind of took off and, you know, we weren't, we weren't able to get, uh, together as much, but we stayed friends and, um, it, we basically were just sitting around drinking wine or, you know, just doing our hangout thing. And Melissa said, let's start an animal sanctuary. 
Just like that, eh? Well, I come from the animal background. Like I've been, my first job was at a pet value when I was 14 years old. Um, I probably shouldn't have had that job at 14, but that was my first job. Um, and I've worked in shelters and vet clinics and, uh, you know, dog walking businesses. I've done all kinds of stuff since then and all sort of revolved around animals. So I knew what, I know what goes on in some of the shelters, uh, in the area. So I said, yeah, I'm totally down for that. Cause I'd been doing my own sort of small scale rescue just on my own. And we just took it from there. We, we rescued an animal from a shelter I was working at cat from a shelter I was working at and started a website. Janine's an awesome graphic designer or web designer. So and that's how it started. Yeah, and uh, taking the name from the band is, is sort of the perfect move. Um, and it really kind of comes together. And uh, it is a lovely story. And I guess we, we should talk, uh, you know, there, there are dogs and cats that I know uh, your group does a lot of work with. But what we want to focus on this week, uh, especially with Easter coming up, are the small animals. Yeah. Uh, and in particular, obviously, the bunny rabbits. And that is something that the first time I heard it, uh, was really surprising to me. And ever since I've been kind of like, yeah, duh. Uh, but a lot of parents go out and get their kids bunny rabbits for Easter. Yep. And baby chicks and baby ducks and all those things and for photo shoots and all kinds of dumb stuff like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like we, we posted a, um, a little thing the other day on our Facebook page that said you wouldn't buy your child a reindeer at Christmas. Why would you buy them a bunny at Easter. Like it, it really doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Well, and then the shelters see an influx too, uh, because I guess people, they see these little lambs, they think it's cute and say, Oh, well let's do this. Because realistically in a lot of cities across Canada and the United States, you can walk into a store and buy a rabbit. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. And it's just, it, it's mind boggling that, that there's still pet stores out there, you know, that, and a lot of people don't think about, you know, people know about puppy mills, but people don't know as much about kitten mills and rabbit mills and hamster mills. And all the people don't think about the places that these animals come from. If you walk into, you know, any pet store in the area um, that sells pets, unless they're working with a rescue, those pets come from really crappy conditions. The same as a puppy mill, but for all of those different animals, hamsters, rats, guinea pigs, rabbits, all of them, they all, they, they come from not a nice start and the parents it's this it's exactly the same as a puppy mill and people don't think about that so when you go into a pet store and there's a rabbit or a guinea pig oh isn't that cute and it gets sold and then the next day there's a new one to replace it mm -hmm. like it's it's a it's a you know supply and demand which is awful to think about and people can just go and buy anything they want like a puppy you can just go buy a puppy but you don't know what you're getting into unless you have someone who, you know, is telling you how to properly care for the animal and, you know, the things you should look for and illness and vet bills and how much food's going to cost and all those things. They're just, they, they'll just take your money and out you go with your animal. And that's, it, that's where the trouble starts. And especially at Easter with for rabbits. Yeah. yeah and uh, do you see an influx? I mean, having worked in the shelters and now working with the sanctuary, are, are you seeing sort of the... Uh, an influx and all of a sudden sort of, you know, that late April uh, rabbits start showing up. Yep. And all the, through the rest of the year, sometimes they'll make it a little, you know, a few more months. And then when they get bigger, they start to, they'll spray pee. If you don't get them fixed, they, they're, they're less likely to be litter trained unless you get them fixed. It's very, very expensive to fix a rabbit. It's not, it's more expensive than a dog or a cat. 
It's, really? Yeah, it's a it's a different surgery. It's the same surgery, but it's rabbits are much more sensitive to being put under, and you know you have to be a lot more careful. You have to have a vet that knows what they're doing. Uh, a lot of vet clinics won't even see rabbits because they're 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 you know a special little creature that's not just like a dog and a cat or a cat. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things people don't realize is that they need a lot of space. Rabbits need a lot of space, and you can have a rabbit out in your house like a dog or cat. You can have a free range rabbit. Um, people don't realize that they just put them in a cage and leave them there and, and that's their life. And that's a pretty crappy life. Um, as far as an animal, like a rabbit who's constantly moving and, you know, hopping and jumping and needs a lot of space. It's, it's not, it's not a good life for them to just be in a cage and that's it. Yeah. And that's, I, I think the dog community, the cat community, the, the rescue community have done a very good job in providing at the very least sort of basic public awareness about what you need to be prepared to do with a dog or a cat. And and of course, there are areas where it is ineffective and there are horrible situations. And unfortunately, I think there always will be. But the availability of education is just, I mean, you can Google, you know, how much will a dog cost me? And you'll get a thousand results with all the different estimates yep. on what it'll cost over the lifetime of different types of dogs, different types of cats, what you should and shouldn't do. This vet says that, this vet says this. Um like it's it's pretty significant how much information is out there. But uh, even just posting uh, to our audience, what do you want to know? Uh, and coming from people who have pets that I know, um, and from other people who you know, a quick look at their their tweets or their their profiles have pets and love animals. And there's a lot people don't know about rabbits. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. Maybe just because they're not as popular as a dog or cat. Um, uh, that's a tough one. Um. There, there's not. I, I demand absolute answers off the top of your head to every question. So just feel free to make stuff up. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, they are the third most popular pet that people get. So really, are you making that up, or is that actually oh, a thing? No, it's a thing, and they're the third, oh wow, they're the third most abandoned pet. You know, like it's the same thing: dogs, cats, and then rabbits are the ones that end up in shelters or end up on on the street or end up you know, in a field or a forest where people just dump them. That's, and that's the worst part is that people think that they can live a domestic rabbit can just live outdoors. So they just open a box and just let it out. And it's, that's just not the thing to do. And it happens all the time, all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's a serious ecological issue too. I know at the university of Victoria, uh, highway junction near there uh, in British Columbia, they've had a massive problem because these, these little bunnies who are not the same as the native rabbits that live on the area, they, they just they breed and breed and breed and eat everything um and it, it creates this massive problem and victoria is like the perfect environment for them because it doesn't get really cold you know that it, it, it was perfect and that's why that explosion happened like they've apparently trapped and euthanized a lot of those but a bunch of them those rabbits a bunch of them went to a couple different sanctuaries and some of them went down to texas and but yeah like if you release a rabbit in Victoria or, you know, out West in some areas, it has a little more chance of survival than it does if you release one here in Hamilton or, or, you know, in some of the colder provinces. Sorry about the dinging. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, here they just, they'll just, they die. They, they die from exposure. They die from, um, the predators because they're domestic rabbits. They don't know how to how to protect themselves or they don't realize, Oh, that's a predator. It's coming after me. Or they're a, a brighter color than a, than a, 
um, a wild rabbit would be. So they don't, you know, they're more visible to a predator. It's, you know, re releasing, it's, it, it's hard to explain, but like people just think, oh, it'll just be fine. I'll just let it go. It's a rabbit. It'll live out. It'll live outside. It'll be fine. But they don't generally survive. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's surprising how people just assume that it'll be okay. And, and as I said, it, it does create these horrible situations. Um, and I think one of the things we, we really need to kind of cover off the top is I, I don't want to say bunnies are bad pets um, because obviously a lot of people love them. I, I'm yep. not a rabbit guy myself, right. but um, I can appreciate them, right? I, I had no, I had gerbils and stuff, so I like little furry guys um, yeah. as a kid. Um, but I think you know what to cover off the top. That's interesting. Is their lifespan? Because you yep. look at a lot of these other similar small animals, um, uh, and you look at rats who have a lifespan of about two years, and they're wonderful pets. Um, yep. But rabbits, they're, they're a significant time investment, and it's really surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, they can be eight to ten years, if not more. Some of them live more. Um, and people don't know that. People don't realize that. Or they just, you know, it's, a, it's another thing. When you're in a pet store, you're not looking long term if you're just in there buying a rabbit at a pet store. You're not thinking, oh, this is going to be with us for ten years. Like, oh, maybe I should, you know, rethink this. Because it's an impulse buy. When you have a, an animal in a pet store... Or online, now there's Kijiji and all those places where you can just go and buy animals. Um, you, the long-term thinking doesn't come into it, and that's the that's the unfortunate part. Is we ask the question on, on, on our um, applications, our adoption applications, where do you see yourself in five years, in ten years? You know, is this animal still going to fit into your life? So, and, and rabbits are a huge one for young people, you know, but they're not a starter pet for kids. They're not... They don't like to be picked up and carried. Most of them don't like to be picked up and carried around. They 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 like to be on the ground. And kids want to, you know, squish something and cuddle something and carry it around and, and you know, put little costumes on it. And that's not a rabbit. Rabbits are not into that. <laughs> you know, they're you know, they're not a good starter pet. And that's what they get sold as in in pet stores and and places like that. Unfortunately. Well, and that's uh, that ties into two questions we had from the audience. Um, and I'll start with one. Um, Asking about the intelligence of a rabbit, which is always, you know, an awkward question because how do you measure intelligence in another animal? Um, but the, really, I think the question is, are they smart? Do they learn? Um, and do they bond to their people the same way we know that cats, dogs, and a lot of birds, uh, rats, for instance, do too? So, you know, do they have that same level of, uh, of emotional intelligence, of uh, connection to people? Um, and then would the consequence of that be greater when they are abandoned to a shelter or led outside. Yeah, they do definitely. They're definitely intelligent animals, and they they for sure bond. They they have people have serious bonds with their rabbits, and they they will bond to each other too. If you get two, um, there's a whole lot of um, there's a, there's a, a bunch of um, Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts of people that just have free range rabbits, and the the bonding between the people and the and the rabbit is just amazing. Like people have rabbits and they jump up into bed with them at night and they sleep in the bed with them. Like it's it's just it can be just like having a dog or cat if you um, you know if not every rabbit's like that. You know there are ornery rabbits and like dogs and cats, it's the exact same thing they have a personality they have things that they like and dislike and you know they they can growl and grunt and and charge at you and bite they can they can do all those things but they can also be very very sweet and passive and docile and you know and gentle and they're just like a dog or cat in the in the, in the personality uh department but yes they do definitely bond 
um, with people um, and having a routine and having a, uh, you know, a, a space for them to live in that's comfortable and big enough. Um, it can make, it can make all the difference. There's, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, the name of the, there's a couple different Instagram accounts where the, the people just, they walk through the house and the bun, there's three bunnies. One of them has three bunnies and the bunnies just follow, follow her through the house. Like, like, wow. like a dog. It's really, it's really neat. Yeah. I've known a couple people who have had rabbit rooms and also people who had Guinea pig rooms, same thing with kind of, they just, they buy this low fencing that you would almost expect to see in a model store yep. um, and surround the room. And they put in a bunch of um, uh, engagement toys and things like that. And th- the rabbits get their own room that they stay in during the day. And, you know, when the people are at home, they can come out and check everything out. Uh, yep. But yeah, they, they absolutely do have uh, that uh, people who give them, that space and time and everything. Um, and, and in regards, you were saying how expensive it is to uh, spay or neuter a rabbit. And that came yeah. up a couple of times, uh, particularly, you know, are all vets trained to care for rabbits and rats, uh, which you answered. Um, although actually you said that a lot of them don't want to, but do they all have that training? Like, could I go to a vet and say, my rabbit is sick or do you have to find a special rabbit vet? You have to find a special rabbit vet. There yeah. are, uh, there's been times when we've had an emergency situation with a rabbit, and our rabbit vets are not available for whatever reason. And even the emergency clinics, if they don't have the vet there, on, they won't see them. They just, they'll tell you to go to another emergency clinic out of town or you know somewhere. It's, it's, we've been there, and it's, yeah. it's, it's very hard to, you know, we have a couple of really, really good uh, rabbit vets that we deal with, and even the one is great with male rabbits because neutering male rabbits is a lot easier, like the same as dogs and cats. It's a lot easier to neuter, neuter than it is to spay. Mm -hmm. So we do have one clinic we work with that will neuter, but will not spay because it's an intricate surgery and you know, it's, it, it's very specialized. So yeah, not every vet is going to see a rabbit and, and that's a huge, a huge thing that people don't think about. They're like, Oh, and people don't think about vet care for a rabbit either, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's uh, that again, you know, my early exposure to veterinarians, um, uh, when I started getting in, uh, having pets of my own and seeing someone bring in a rabbit or a rat, I said, why are you bringing that in here? Yeah. Like it just, for some reason, never entered my mind. People don't think about it. And, you know, same with rats and hamsters. They, they all, you know, could require vet care at some point in their lives. You know, it's, it's a, it's like people, they get sick. They, you know, and rabbits have very sensitive stomachs. They have, they have issues that could come up at any time. And if you don't catch it quick enough, they can die within a couple days. Like if, if your rabbit stops eating, you have to take them to the vet right away. And that's, you know, you have to know these signs and know these things about rabbit behavior and health before you, you know, go and get one, or it could be, you know, tragic for everybody. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, another question we had sort of in line. It's, there's two people who asked about vets. Um, and one of them also asked uh, about vaccines that's something obviously that we uh, deal a lot with nowadays. Um, and I just had uh, uh, last week, we had uh, Kara Cantardi from Urban Wildlife Care talking about the importance of vaccines uh, with the uh, increase of rabies and distemper in Ontario. So with, with rabbits and other small animals, do we need to get them vaccinated for, for similar things or for different things? In I believe it's in Canada. No, we don't do rabbit vaccines. There are, I know I've, I've seen a lot of literature in the UK where they do mm-hmm. vaccines for rabbits. A lot of people in the UK keep the rabbits outside, though, for their uh, okay. lives. Um, but yeah, I have. I'm not super versed on on the the vaccine thing, but we definitely don't. For the most part, we don't do it here in uh, in Canada, as far as I know. We we don't vaccinate our rabbits, so our vets. 
you know, don't don't offer that as an option. So, but in the UK and some other places, yeah, for sure they do. Uh, and someone asked, do bunnies really chew wires? I've, I've <laughs> never heard that. And apparently it's a thing. Oh, yes, they will chew. They have teeth that continuously grow. So you have to give them something to chew on. Um, and wires are tasty to rabbits. They'll chew right through, you know, any kind of wire you, you happen to leave out. Baseboards, they'll chew. Some rabbits do, some rabbits don't. I'm fostering a rabbit right now that couldn't be bothered with the baseboards at all and, you know, hardly ever chews anything, but other rabbits will just come into a room and just chew the crap out of everything in it. Um, so you have to rabbit-proof your house. Wow. That's a whole other thing. If you're going to have it and have it out of, of its enclosure, you have to rabbit-proof. Or you have to, you know, pay attention enough to see what, what he he or she tries to nibble at and then, you know, make adjustments as it, as it goes. But, yeah, ra rabbits will chew a lot of things. <laughs> yes, that is. Well, and speaking of rabbit proofing, uh, someone asked, and I love this type of question, uh, and I know interviewees hate it because it puts you on the spot, but what are 10 important care things one needs to know before getting or, or receiving a bunny rabbit? Uh, so I think sort of, what do you need to know? Uh, I don't expect you to give me 10, but if you <laughs> give me 10 answers, um, I'll probably end up making a donation just because of the effort. Um, uh so what what are things that people should do, like if they are, are interested in bringing home a bunny, um, pr uh, preferably yeah. through a rescue, um, what should they do at home? What should they read about? Uh, what should they do? Well, number one ready? is, is yeah, do your research before you get ready, um, before you even think about it, do your research. Um, always adopt. Always, always, always. Don't go to a pet store and buy into that. that that just don't just don't go to a pet store and buy a rabbit unless it's there under a rescues, um, you know, with, a, with a rescue, like they do with dogs and cats at, at some pet stores. Um, uh, do you have enough space? It, it, bunnies need a lot of room to run around. You can't just buy that, you know, wire and, and plastic bottom cage. That's, you know, not even a couple feet long and, and put the rabbit in there and expect it to be happy. We, it, when they're not out for their floor time, we call it, or just when they're not out of the cage or enclosure that they're in, we keep them in X pens. So they're puppy pens. Um, so you can kind of make it into con whatever configuration you want or and get a couple of them and make it even bigger. They need room to lay out. Rabbits lay, like, lay out, stretch out, and they need to have room to hop and jump and, and do little spins and binkies, as they're called in the rabbit world, which is binkies. where they jump. Binkies, yes. I, I'm not sure who coined that phrase, but that's the ra in the rabbit world. That's something that <laughs> that's a, that's an actual thing. You're not like making up. Google and, binkies. Google. Uh, I'm kind of afraid to Google that actually. <laughs> rabbit binkies. It basically it's when they jump up and twist in the air, and it just it's a sign that they're happy and that you know that they they're having a good time running around. Is that kind of like the uh, the spins for a dog? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, when they get super happy and excited, and yeah, so they need room to do these things. Um, uh, research vets in your area that will, that take rabbits, um, that are specialized in rabbits. Don't, don't just be like, oh yeah, you can bring the, just make sure they know what they're doing, that they have had that training with small animals or just rabbits specifically. Um, because even at the vet clinics we go to, there's one vet who does the small animals and the other vet who works there does not, you know, so you have, it has to be specifically people who are trained vets who are trained in, with small animals. Well, and I think too, the other thing is, uh, uh, that not all vets, even those who are trained in small animals will do surgery. Oh, that's exciting. Sorry. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> you just heard Pigeon trying for a mad escape. Aw, hi, Pigeon. Um, yes, he's he's an unhappy boy. I love um, that name, by the way. If I haven't heard, oh, he's yeah, he's 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 awesome. Um, he just he just had his uh, the bilateral luxating patella oh, fixing surgery. Fun. Oh my god! Um, so for a crazy busy dog, yeah, he he likes to tell me that he's unhappy sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so we uh, what was I talking about? The surgery. So not all vets, even if they are trained in small animals or, or accept small animals, will actually right. do surgeries. True. Period. Very true. They a lot of it, it's like I said, uh, they rabbits can be sensitive to um, um, anesthetic. So yeah, there's we've lost we've only lost one bunny, and all the rabbits that we've rescued um, in the six or seven years we've been doing this. Um, it was a, a smaller rabbit and it was a spay and the vet called and she was just absolutely devastated that the, the bunny had passed away on the table during the spay. Um, and that happens. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it happens to dogs and cats too, but they're just rabbits are extra sensitive to it. There's other things you have to do in the, in, in going with the surgery, uh, to keep a rabbit alive on the table. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of vets that just, that won't do any kind of surgeries and sometimes rabbits need surgeries and you have to, be prepared for that um oh what else can i think of that you gotta have we gotten to 10 yet i don't know i wasn't counting <laughs> you were okay i'll go back and, and when i edit i i will count, count them. you need uh, space you need a vet you need time you have to spend time with a rabbit you can't just put it in a cage and, and just leave it there and that's the, that's the sort of mentality that we're trying to get people away from is that a pet rabbit is just you know, an animal you can just leave in a cage and, and not spend time with it or just, it's just there and whatever, like the, the whole keeping it outdoors thing in, in the UK, that's, you know, they're social animals. They need affection and attention and they need, you know, they need you to be there for them They or they need another bunny. You know, a lot of them, uh, a lot of rabbits, uh, not all of them, but a lot of rabbits will, will bond with another rabbit. They need company. Um, it's not an animal that you can just put in a cage and, and look at it and, you know, and that's it. It's, it's a lot of people say a rabbit is a lot more work than a dog or a cat because that, that would not surprise me. Yeah. Um, although pigeon is testing that theory right now. Pigeon. <laughs> um, yes. This, this is called my wife just left and he's left with me and that's just not, no, not good enough. <laughs> Uh, I did have someone. Okay, pigeon. I know, but here, what if I hold you? Will that make everything better? Come here. You can help. You can be on the podcast, pigeon. There you go. All right, pigeons on the podcast. Hi, pigeon. Um, now that is something we did have someone ask about: is introducing another bunny into the house. I mean, with dogs, and clearly I've got a bit of experience with this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the rescue mentality, you can take your dogs to meet a dog they are interested in. Yep. You can do assess. Like, there's all of these things, all of these steps involved. Um, but with bunnies, is is it kind of the same thing, or is there some other way that we should be going about doing this? Yeah, bunnies. It's a huge. It's a huge process. It's a long process, and even after months, sometimes it doesn't work. Like it's the same as cats. Like sometimes yeah. cats will just get along, and sometimes they won't. But there's um, definitely ways to do it, and a lot of people have a lot of opinions on ways to do it. But there's a a, a Facebook page and an Instagram page called the Fluffy Group. <laughs> And it's the three rabbits I mentioned. It's a woman who has three rabbits and they're free range. And she's written the most amazing article on bonding. 
because she has three. She's she bonded the two and then introduced the third one. And it's, it's you know, it can be it can be super stressful. Um, but in the end, when they actually if if they actually can bond to each other, it's it's amazing. I, I did it. He, I was fostering two rabbits, um, a male and a female, both fixed. And uh, we managed to bond them over time by having their cage, their enclosures next to each other for a long time with a blanket in between. So they could smell each other, but they couldn't, you know, get to each other. So then slowly remove the blanket mm. and then they could see each other and, and, you know, sort of interact back and forth between the, the cages. Then we moved the cl cages closer together so they could actually touch and, and then eventually, you know, remove the cage and, and had short times together out, out of the cage it, it's a huge process. It ended up working. Thankfully, it worked. Uh, and they got adopted together, which was great. But, um, but other bunnies, I had two other bunnies that I tried that with. And you would think that, you know, one minute it was great. The next minute, there was just a flying ball of fur. They just were ripping each other to shreds. It was awful. <laughs> wow. And that'll happen, you know. And and sometimes they want a friend and sometimes they don't. So um, it's a, but it's a really long, long process. <laughs> Yeah, it's not something you're just gonna sort of bring home another goldfish no. and put his bag in the water for five nope. minutes. No, and they and they'll really do damage to each other if you do that. Yeah, it's the same as cats. You can't see that. That's surprising to me, though. Is I mean, when you think about you know dogs and cats uh, and some other animals sort of disagreeing on introduction, those are animals that we know in their social lives, uh, both sort of when they're on their own and when they go. Uh, uh, back in their lineage to their sort of, you know, the, the wolves and the big cats, um, they, they are hunters to a degree, right? That they're set up so they can, uh, uh, more or less, you know, damage another animal. But with rabbits, you other than Monty Python, you really don't <laughs> think that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, they can, they, they <laughs> Monty Python. You remember that? Run yeah, away, run away. Yeah. Big gnashing teeth. yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, it can be, it, they can be vicious. Rabbits can be really mean and vicious to each other and to people. They can, you know, we, we've had a few, we've had a few that were cage aggressive. So when they came into the shelter we rescue from, you, you go to reach your hand in to grab the bowl of food and fill it up for the rabbit. And the rabbit comes across the cage and bites you and attacks you. Wow. Like it's, it's not a nice thing. Um, eventually that rabbit, once we gave it more, we, we, we did rescue that rabbit, neutered him, which was the biggest thing. Um, and once he had more room to run around and, and not feel th so threatened by everything, he ended up being awesome. He ended up being a really sweet, uh, you know, super lovely bunny, but put it, put them in a small space like that. And some of them just freak out. So yeah, it's, yeah, there, there's a, it's a complex world. Bunnies are complex. <laughs> Which is surprising because they seem very, very simple. Yeah. Um, but I guess people say that about me too. So <laughs> Um, now, the other question, of course, is then multi-pet households. I mean, I, I imagine, you know, it's probably even more difficult. And, and in my case, I, I would never try bringing uh, uh, a rabbit in, not just because of, you know, having multiple dogs, but having JJ, who uh, uh, was feral for a time. You know, she lived on her own in the wild. Uh, and when she sees a rabbit, she doesn't bark and jump, uh, a wild rabbit that is outside. She looks hungry. Like she, she knows the association. Uh, whereas the other dogs, I think maybe just would say, Hey, here's this new toy. Um, is it safe to introduce a rabbit to a home that has dogs or cats? It can be, it depends on the dogs and cats. Um, the rabbit that I'm fostering is totally a hundred percent fine with 
the cats and she'll lay down with them and they'll just hang out together. Like they'll lay next to each other and hang out and chase each other around up in, you know, in the space that she's in. Um, but we have, uh, two dogs, one who couldn't care less about any of the other animals at all. Um, and the other one who would gladly probably eat her. Um, so yeah, it just depends. It totally depends. So we don't obviously put the, the high prey drive dog in with the rabbit. We don't, you know, we don't introduce them or, you know, do you know what I mean? And you have to be smart enough to know whether or not your current animals are, are, you know, the type of animal that are going to go after a rabbit, or you have to just have really safe, um, spaces in your house that are separate and, you know, that kind of thing. It's not, it's not impossible. And most cats, most cats really don't, aren't bothered by rabbits or they don't, you know, chase them or try to hurt them. They're, or, they're pretty know. big, right? <laughs> like you, yeah. you think of uh, the, what cats will normally go after and your mice and even rats are on the big size for a cat. Yeah. Baby bunnies though can be tiny depending on the breed of rabbit. And, um, but yeah, they, it's definitely, well, I mean, every, people that let their cats outside, everybody I know who lets their cats outside, you know, Oh, I feel so bad. My cat came home with a baby bunny and you know, that, and, and you know, you, the, do you tell those people the easy solution to preventing that from happening? Keeping your, can I swear? <laughs> Keep your <laughs> cat inside? No, yes. <laughs> That's what I want to say. Keep your cat inside and you won't have that happen. You know, like, yeah. that's a huge, whatever. I mean, that's a whole other topic we could talk about. It but. is. And I rant about it because I sit here, I've got, um, and I actually just took a picture of me holding Pigeon next to the microphone while you talk because <laughs> it's truly pathetic. Um <laughs> But I sit here and there's a window next to my desk yep. and there's three or four neighborhood cats who run up and down the street all day. Yep. Um, there's one actually uh, uh, that sits on a chair in front of our house sometimes yep. and we have to go and chase them away because if we let the dogs out front on leash, mm -hmm. uh, they'll rip our arms out of the sockets trying to get to this cat. Yep. But that's that again that, that's a different story yeah. let's talk about bunnies bunnies are happy yeah but bun baby bunnies are definitely something that cats like to you know bring home um from outside but yeah depending on the size of the rabbit and your cats and or your dog it just it really depends on on the animals you currently have whether or not you want to introduce a rabbit to them um, and definitely not former racing greyhounds no although my aunt had two greyhounds from rescues from uh down in the states and she had a free range yep. rabbit and they could not have cared less about that rabbit really it was very strange that is strange because yeah. it's it's a little white rabbit that they use on the yeah. lure course yep this one was a, just a regular brown i think brown and white bunny and yeah they just and, he, and the bunny was free range and the dogs just could not care less so it just really depends on the dogs that is surprising yeah, to me it was a very strange situation and when I, I remember thinking oh my god really and then i was i was there and then the dogs were just could not care less <laughs> which was great huh. which was great it was pretty funny now when people do want to get a bunny they've done the research they know a vet all of this what can they expect to do in terms of the enrichment that's something too i find very interesting with rabbits um because they they have some natural behaviors that we need to provide yeah. for uh, that we may not come across with other right. animals. They like to dig. Um, they they can be litter box trained. Obviously, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, so giving them giving them a litter box that they can dig around in a little bit. They don't sort of dig like cats do, um, whereas they're burying their poop or whatever. But they the you know they're natural diggers. 
So you can give them a little pile of blankets or, you know, a, a big, a pile of shredded newspaper or something like just things to, to play with and to dig and, um, empty toilet paper rolls. They love to, to chew on and throw around and, um, little, like you can buy all this sort of things from the pet food stores, the, the little blocks and little wicker balls and things like that. Just, you, you have to give them things to chew and they can also play with those things as well. Um, if you get them the right kind of thing, we had a rabbit, um, that found the most amazing home. And I was fostering this rabbit before it found the home. And I've never seen a bunny play more than any, like, it was just crazy. Anything you put in the cage, he'd pick up wow. and throw and pick up and throw and pick up and throw. And like, it was almost like he was trying to achieve throwing every toy directly over his head. <laughs> He would pick up, you know, a, a toilet paper roll and just throw it and then walk over and pick it up and then throw it again and then pick it up. It was just, he was the most hilarious bunny and he found a really great home. He still does that in his, wow. in his home now, but, uh, yeah, they play and they, and they, you know, need, definitely need that kind of enrich, enrichment in, in their, in their space and, and spending time with them, you know, just sitting and petting them. They love, you know, to have their heads scratched and they love to be petted. You have to brush them. They blow out their coats, hmm. um, you think there's something wrong with them if you don't know this and their, their coats are all weird and like chunks are coming out, but they actually just like, it's like a molt. They, they blow up their coats. You have to brush them. You have to keep their nails trimmed. Their nails will keep growing. Their teeth will keep growing. Um, these are all things you have to think about too. Um, but I kind of went off topic. We were talking about enrichment, but yes, <laughs> they need, uh, they definitely need, um, things to play with. Yeah. They're like, like they're a dog. And I think that's very telling though is, you know, I, I obviously spend a lot of time talking about dogs and wildlife. Um, and when, again, when I see a rabbit, I think very yeah. simple, right? Just a very simple little animal. Um, and it's surprising how much they do need and, and how much uh, joy they can bring mm -hmm. to someone. Um, do you think that's one of the reasons why they're so easily rejected, though, is this perception of them as just that they are just a little animal with no great intelligence and no great uh, emotional life? That's possible, yeah. I think... Yeah, people just see them as as a pet you put in a cage and that's it. Like people don't think you can interact with them the way that you can and that you can have them living free range in your house. People don't think about these things. Um, you know, even even myself growing up, I had a rabbit and it was in a cage and I would let it out every once in a while and you know, really now I think about it, I thought oh and I think that's so awful. But that was that's the mentality. You know, having a wire bottom cage that it has to stand on so the poop falls through. You know, that's mm -hmm. just it's horrible. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting though, you and I both having sort of this, this history of not knowing yeah. because we weren't told. Yeah. And I think that's really a big part of it. And uh, that's one of the reasons, you know, I, I love what you folks do uh, with Ladybird is, is that bit of education with everything you do. Yeah. And I, I really think it, it pays off in the long run. Um, and hopefully maybe, you know, in classrooms and things like that, it'll start to come up more and more too, mm -hmm. uh, that these are animals who, who need a lot more than we give them. Um, and it's just a kind of a cultural thing that we never thought of them as much more than cute little pets. Yeah. They just, they need so much more than we, we give them or that we used to give them in, you know, back in the day. Um, but yeah, there, there's, I think the internet has changed so much of animal, like the animal world. It's, it's before the internet, how would you even know these things, right? You'd go to a pet store, you'd buy a pet, you'd take it home. You know, you'd look, you, there's, there was no, really nowhere to sort of talk to other 
rabbit owners or, you know, that kind of thing. It, it's, it's, it's changed so much that people are, are definitely more educated now than they were, but there's still, a, you know, a long way to go. There's still several pet stores in Hamilton that sell rabbits and really? extra stock at Easter time. Like st- it, it was written right on the glass enclosure of one of the pet stores in Hamilton New stock, and they had all these baby bunnies for Easter. New stock for Easter. Rabbits, live animals. Were these pets or were they like food rabbits? No, no, for pets. People for pets. Like new stock for Easter. And I just thought that was just the most disturbing way to describe it. It's not stock. It's a living creature. You know, like it's, it's, it's an animal that needs, has all these things. We just talked about it needs all of these things. And here it is in a tiny enclosure in a pet store waiting for someone to take it home. And then it's probably going to end up at the shelter or out in a field somewhere in a couple months when people don't, people just don't realize what they're getting into. That's the problem. They don't realize it. They don't do the research. They go into a store and, oh, look at the cute bunny. Oh, it's Easter time. Let's buy this. You know, just, yeah, it's just trying to change that perception and trying to get people to realize, you know, that that these animals come from really crappy conditions before they end up in that pet store. And then they're going to end up in crappy conditions once they, you know, once the novelty wears off or once the, you know, the, the pee, this, the spraying of pee starts, you know, who wants to deal with that? Nobody. And then also who wants to spend $400 to spay a rabbit? Nobody. So out the rabbit goes, you know, it's, it's, it, it's an unfortunate thing that, you know, a lot of people are trying to change. It's not just us who are talking about it. It's there's rabbit rescue Ontario. There's a whole bunch of, ra- of rescues that deal specifically with rabbits and, everybody's working really hard to try to sort of change that perception and make things better for bunnies. I do wonder though, do they complain less vocally when you don't pay attention to them during a podcast interview? (laughs) Do bunnies complain less vocally? Yeah. They don't really make a lot of noise. And that's, that's the other unfortunate thing is I worked in a shelter for a long time and just, yeah, it's, it's just disturbing the things that, because they can't, they don't vocalize because they can't tell you, you know, can you please clean my cage? I've been sitting on the same poop for, you know, now it's a mound under my butt and I can't get away from it. You know, like they can't tell you, they can't, it's not like a dog that'll bark or a cat that'll, you know, meow or scratch or, you know, the things that, that the other animals do to, to show signs of distress. We had these people drop off a rabbit at the shelter when I was working at the front desk and the lady kept saying it has worms, it has worms. That's why we're getting rid of it has worms. And she didn't speak English all that well, but she, her daughter was there and saying, oh, we just, we, we don't want it. If there's something wrong with it, we take in the rabbit. I take it into the back room and I'm setting it up, you know, in a cage and stuff. And I pick it up out of the container that they had brought it in. And it, the maggots had, oh. eat, had eaten the, the, like into the skin and the bowels and, and, and this like, rabbit was still alive and it was being eaten by maggots because it had sat in a cage uncleaned for so long that the poop just stacked up on top of poop and it had nowhere to go. And that's what happens. Like it, it, we had to, we had to put the poor thing down because the maggots had chewed through so much of the skin that you, I can't even describe it. It was disturbing, but this is what happens. You know, people just get it, put in a cage. Don't think about it. Oh, well, I'll clean it tomorrow. I'll clean it tomorrow or whatever it is. And, and, and this is what happens, but they can't, they can't, a rabbit can't tell you a rabbit can't bark and say, you know, Hey, can you come and clean this? Like these, things are chewing me from the outside in. So no, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I think you took my cute quip about me needing to hold pigeon during this interview. 
and kind of ran away Sorry. with it. It's okay. <laughs> but this is what happens, uh, you know, this, this yeah. is. The- well, and that's, it, it is, everyone I know who works in rescue has at least one or two of those types of stories. Yeah. Um, because people, and again, as, as much as you get angry and you want to blame someone, oh, oh yes, I know, Pigeon. <laughs> Uh, that was a big yawn. Uh, a lot of it comes from simply not knowing yep. or maybe coming from a culture where pets aren't treated the same way. Yep. And we expect, you know, how we feel about them to be how everyone feels about yeah. them. And that's that's a hard reality for anybody who's doing rescue or working with animals. And it's is not is realizing that not everybody thinks about animals the way we do. And, and yeah, they're there's their stock to some people or their food or their, you know, they're just just there to protect my house or they're there to, you know, do a job and they don't care for them. Like, like you or I do. It's, you know, that's a, that's a tough, tough thing to come to realize in rescue. And if you don't, if you, if you don't come to realize that and accept it, you'll be, you'll, you know, drive yourself into ground pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, sorry. Now I have to stop pitching from barking <laughs> at people walking down the street. Um, clearly they are yes. spies. Out oh, to yes. get us. Technically. And he's guarding us. Um, <laughs> this dog. Anyway, um, to wrap mm. up, I love what a lot of you in, in small animal rescue have done. When it comes time to talk about rabbits, especially at mm. Easter, um, rather than say just don't adopt a rabbit, you offer solutions. You offer other ideas. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that, that's one of the things that I absolutely have always loved about the fur bears since I started, before I started working here, was the solution-oriented focus. So what are things people can do other than give a kid a rabbit at Easter? Uh, a stuffed rabbit, a stuffed, a stuffed animal. They have the cutest little ones even at shoppers. They're so cute. Um, uh, yeah, stuffed animal, um, chocolate, preferably vegan, but hey, chocolate. Um however you want to do it. But yeah, there's go, go to your local rescue and bring in some carrots and some uh, bits of apple for the rabbits that are there waiting to be adopted. You know, talk to the people at the shelter. Um, people do a lot of donating at Christmas time. Like a lot of people bring in a lot of stuff at Christmas time to shelters and stuff, but you know, there's always bunnies in shelters everywhere always. Um, so yeah, go, go to your local shelter and bring a little treat and, or something for the, for the bunnies that are there and make a donation. Um, do your, just do your research. Just don't do the impulse buy. Just don't. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. It's yeah. It's hard not to just be like, don't do that, you know, but just, just don't do that. (laughs) Well, and one thing I've heard some people recommend, and I don't know if this is good or not, or or if it's something you agree with or not, but rather than give a bunny as a pet at Easter, uh, and this applies for dogs and cats and everything else, say we as a family are going to adopt a bunny or a cat or a dog and turn it into going to the shelter, going to the rescue group, and sort of doing, as a family, going and meeting these animals um, and finding someone who will fit in well with your family. Yeah, yeah. If you you have decided to to adopt, then yes, definitely, that's totally the way to go. Um, That's the best way to go, is everybody's involved in the decisions. Everyone is, you know, knows what what to expect and who's going to be doing what kind of you know, responsibilities when it comes to the animal, um, for sure. That's, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Just going, going into a pet store and buying a rabbit and giving it to your kid at Easter is just not the way to do it or giving it to whoever your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it is, like doing it as a family and adopting and looking into, you know, rabbits that don't have homes is, is definitely the way to do it. 
Are you already in love with Ladybird Animal Sanctuary? I know you are. Head over to ladybirdanimalsanctuary.com to find out more about them. The animals they have for adoption, including Marcel, who's featured on this week's episode art, and to make a donation. You can also locate Ladybird Animal Sanctuary on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thank you everyone for listening. And remember that this episode is a tool you can share, not just at Easter, but all year round when someone is talking about welcoming a bunny into their home. And remember to follow me on social media so you can find out what I'm up to and see pictures of the furry critter with whom I share my house, JJ the Hamilton Hound. I'm at Defender Radio on Twitter and Facebook and at Howie Michael on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Michael Howie for Defender Radio and the Fur Bears, reminding you to be kind and to stay informed and stay strong. Stay strong.